if I'm working at an event, it is with a bunch of people who are often traveling in from different places and you know, the vaccine absolutely changed the level of comfort like that. I'm even willing to go and do them now. And I missed them. I didn't realize how much I missed them because I had gotten so used to virtual. And then I did that first in-person event again. And it's like, oh, that in-person laughter is amazing. It's like, oh, this is what that energy feels like. This is how you can feed off of the audience and the back and forth and things like that. So for me, having the vaccines and also continued boosters is the safety of the family, but also this helps me feel more comfortable with being able to do that. Welcome to Modern Minorities. This is the show about work and life told through the lens of what makes each of us different. I'm Sharon Lee Tony, a Chinese-American girl born and raised in New York City. And I'm Roman Segal, an Indian-American boy who came from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Through conversations with some really interesting people, we uncover the stories, perspectives, and often unspoken truths about how our guests uniquely experience the world. It doesn't matter where you're from, the color of your skin, or who you love. We're all minorities somehow, but we're no one's model minority. This is a show about all of you, for all of us. On tonight's show, we want to have another conversation about the importance of getting your latest COVID vaccines, thanks to our friends and this episode's sponsor, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Remember to make time for your health so you don't lose time for the things you love. You know, all those other things you're doing when you're not listening to this podcast. Over time, vaccines may become less effective at preventing COVID. Getting your updated COVID vaccine restores your protection and keeps you safer from Omicron, all while adding an extra layer of confidence to your social life. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Wow, Roman, that was quite the official introduction. Sharon, why does your voice sound so much more Midwestern? Um, who's Sharon? Uh, Roman, have you been mixing up your podcast recording schedules again? Also, wait, should I be offended that you didn't say why is your voice deeper? Just miss more Midwestern? Do, do Sharon and I have kind of same levels of voices? Why is your voice so nasal, Hugh Jackman? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who do not recognize the all too familiar voice, that sounds like our friend and friend of the pod, Drew Tarvin, my more than humorful co-host from my other more serious podcast about learnings from leaders. That's right. Is is one learning is humorful a word? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Drew, where's Sharon? What's the deal? Yeah, well, uh, I I don't know. She's probably on a, a subway poster photo shoot or something like that for her company. <sighs> I guess it's come to that. Well, well, Drew, let's make it official then. Uh, what's that? What official? Uh, you're the new co-host of Modern Minorities, at least for this very special sponsored episode by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, who we are big fans of. Uh, Roman, we are big fans of, but I'm, I'm not sure how to let you know that I don't know if it's the best idea for me to be a co-host. Uh, why would that be, old chum? We work so well together when we're learning from leaders. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one reason. We're already co-host on another podcast together, you know, the favorite one. Uh, Drew, I love all of my children, I mean, podcasts, co-host equally, Drew. Yeah. yeah, well, well, some of them more equally. I mean, Ryan is kind of more like you. I'm going to assume you mean that he is into comics like me. Well, yes. So because of comics or other reasons, why isn't Ryan here hosting this special sponsored episode to encourage folks to get their latest COVID vaccine to protect themselves or communities and doing the things that we love? Why isn't he the one? here? <laughs> well, one, because uh, Ryan never leaves his apartment. All right. Yeah, that checks out. I mean, the name of the podcast is Quarantine Comics. Yeah, and two, we cover the comic book angle more than enough times when we read our chats about relevant modern minority comics or with modern minorities comics creators. So, you know, awesome folks like Jean Lin Yang, Mira Jacob, and completely uncontroversial books like Gender Queer or Palestine. <laughs> True. But uh, come on, Roman. We know Ryan's a better fit to be a guest co-host than me for modern minorities because he's more like you. I'm not getting where you're going with this, Drew. You got to spell it out for me. Uh, I'm I'm a vanilla milkshakes kind of dude. Wasn't that a lyric to a song or something? Almost close. I'm, I mean, uh, okay. How should I say? I'm from Ohio. Uh, so what? I'm from Alabama. Uh, Roman, I'm I'm white. I I'm a white milkshake loving dude from Ohio, where the only minority thing about me is that I'm left-handed. But you live in Panama. Uh, yeah, and I married a German woman. Okay, dude, that, that's pretty white. <laughs> but hey, man, you know, some of my best friends are white. 
I mean, sure, yeah, we all have our token white friend. I'm not sure that makes me, Drew Tarvin, humor engineer and founder of Humor That Works, a leadership development organization that teaches people how to get more effective results while having more fun in their work, which you can find out more about at humorthatworks.com. I'm not sure that makes me the right fit for modern minorities. It, it does make you a good fit for a sponsored podcast episode. <laughs> But but you do raise a great point. Uh, you know, this isn't a humorful or funny podcast all the time. But, you know, honestly, we've had Rajiv on Modern Minorities lots of times. And don't tell him that I told you this, but you're way funnier than him. <laughs> oh, that is a, the clip that I'm going to send them when this goes air. <laughs> That's the teaser clip of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I don't think you're getting it. This cheesy introduction maybe is going a little bit too long. We've been here long enough that we might as well start the very special sponsored episode by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, right? We got to get into this thing. Yeah, that's right, because we want to encourage folks to get their latest COVID vaccine to protect themselves, our communities, and doing the things we love because of updated vaccines. Which is safe and effective. And here just in time to make this spring extra special and awesome as we all get back out there. You can find and schedule your updated COVID vaccines for everyone six months and over at vaccines.gov. That's right. And if you don't get your latest vaccine, Roman and Sharon are going to have to keep doing these episodes. Gladly. And also, more importantly, because it's important to not just think of ourselves, but the safety, again, of our communities, our families. Is Again, we kick the spring off together. We can do this together. That's right. We can do it together. So now that we've got the official stuff out of the way, uh, why again am I here? Why do I, Drew Tarvin, the humor engineer, make a great co-host for this special episode? I'm not a doctor, even though it is D-R-E-W in my name. <laughs> well, Drew, beyond making excuses to have a fun conversation with you, because we don't actually ever talk anymore <laughs> outside of recorded chats, uh, this podcast, which is among my favorite podcasts, is all about minority perspectives for all of our majority years. And, you know, Sharon and I, I, as we were said on like our 201st episode, we've been thinking about how we all have so many blind spots, the minority experiences. And honestly, you're a good dude who's more aware of those blind spots than most. Uh, okay. All right. That checks out. I do try to be very aware of the very many privileges that I've been born and grown into. So I think I can, I can give it a try, but you're going to have to give me something a little bit more to work with. All right. All right. Uh, well, we do actually happen to have a lot of things in common. That's true. We we do both love milkshakes. Especially from Potbelly when they have the little cookie mm, on top. Yep. So. Uh, and we both love super nerdy things like Star Trek and Star Wars. And Doctor Who and Lord of the Rings. And comic books. Yes, the occasional comic book. Okay, fair. Uh, but we both have young kids. Uh, who will probably grow up to be smarter than us and protect us from the sentient AI that is poised to take over the world probably very soon. I, I heard there's a podcast episode about that that you just recorded. <laughs> uh, we're both world travelers. I mean, one of us still is. <clears throat> oh, oh, that hurts. Uh, but that actually raises a great point for this episode. Okay, and what's, what's that point? All right, first, answer me this, Drew. When was your latest COVID vaccine? Uh, I got my, I believe what was my fourth total shot um, about like four months ago. Okay. Okay. So, and uh, as we said earlier, like you're traveling. I mean, the last time I saw you in New York, it was like a month ago, you were coming back from like a European tour for work and with your wife and you're heading back down to Panama. Like, and this happens all the time with you. Yeah. I mean, travel is certainly picked back up. And as someone who speaks for a living, right, my job is to go and do these events with organizations. And a lot of times those groups are bringing a bunch of people in from various areas, like it's their yearly offsite or an association event, et cetera. So it requires a lot of travel and I'm meeting a lot of people who have been traveling as well. And so uh, yeah, it's something that did not exist, you know, a couple of years ago in terms of the ability to do that at the height of the pandemic. Well, I mean, yeah, I remember it was 2019 and we were collaborating on a bunch of stuff, not just the creation of this podcast, but I was helping you think through some of your business plans. And so much of that was rooted in being on the road all the time. And then, you know, that like that just went away. How, I mean, what was that like for you? I've talked to Rajiv about that, but like, you know, I could work remotely for, for me. It was fine. But like for someone who makes their living being in a room, shaking hands, yeah, what was that like for you back then? 
It was very surreal because for many of us, we didn't know, obviously none of us really knew the extent of what was going to happen. And so, yeah, 2019 was my best year since leaving PNG, was traveling a bunch, was on the road, and 2020 was going to be even bigger. In fact, I had already started out. I had been in two continents, I think, by the time we hit February. My now wife and I were in Australia in February where we got engaged. So we got engaged at the top of Observatory Hill in Sydney, Australia. And I was supposed to continue on to Singapore for a week-long event. And they canceled it because of this, this fear of this thing that was coming out. And I remember thinking at the time, like, I don't know, that seems like so like over the top. And it seems like, you know, it's going to be fine. Like we could have gone and done this event. And that year we were planning. So my wife and I, we got engaged and our plan was just to go to all seven continents in the year. I was going to speak in each place. I was going to propose to her in each place. Cause it was going to be this romantic thing of like, I hope you say yes all over the world. Although it'd be weird if we got to like <laughs> continent number five. And she's like, you know what? I've changed my mind. <laughs> Um, So that was our big plan. I had booked for a ton of events, going to be the best year kind of on record from a business perspective. And this event in Singapore cancels and fly back to New York, basically early Your small one bedroom apartment. Yeah, we have a tiny, at the time we had a 400 square foot apartment in the East Village of New York City thinking like, okay, well, we'll go back. And I think many people thought it was like, well, this will be, okay, I don't know what's going on, but this will be an interesting kind of like three-week thing, right? We'll all get to be able to, you know, catch up on Netflix that we've been wanting to and take a quick break. And, you know, those three weeks became three months, which ultimately became like three years. And and overnight, my business had to transform in order for it to survive. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's when we launched. I think that's when all of the podcasts launched too, because we'd already been doing all the work for it. And it's it's such a weird thing because everyone's like, oh, you guys launched the podcast because of the pandemic. I was like, no, 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 we were actually working on it. <laughs> and like, we had to, I don't want to say there wasn't anything else to do, but we were like, we damn better well launched this podcast, these podcasts, right? Because we put so much time and energy into it and uh, it was still doable. I So I guess, I mean, that was all pre-vaccine. And then somewhere along the way, like you and your wife or you and your then fiance, right? You actually got married. And then you moved to South America and you had a kid and walk me through like what of those elements was pre and post vaccine for you. So all of those things were pre vaccine except for the actual having of the kid. Yeah. So we are, we're living in the East village in New York city. We're in a tiny apartment. Like I said, we're going stir crazy to the point that, you know, we're building pillow forts just so we'd have new rooms to explore. Uh, you know, there's a period of time. This is without, and, this is without your daughter. This is yeah, just this is without my daughter. Yeah, this is pretty, yeah, this is just two adults making pillow forts as a survival <laughs> mechanism because, and it was because New York city at the time for a period of time was at the height of the pandemic, the mm-hmm. most number of cases around the world. And so we didn't leave that tiny apartment for 17 straight days, like not even to go outside for a walk or anything. We had this like fear because in addition to not knowing what was going on, my wife is also immune compromised. And so we're like, mm-hmm. we don't know what impact this is going to have. I remember we would we would get changed outside in the hallway of our apartment because we didn't know what we could bring in or like if it was on our clothes or not. We wo- right, we right. would wipe down all their groceries and all that kind of stuff that we got there. So we were living in pandemic New York and my my wife works for the UN and she had this job opportunity come up with Panama and we're like, okay, yeah, sure. And lo and behold, she she didn't think she would get it because, you know, she's like, it's a, a pretty quick promotion, all that kind of stuff. But my wife is amazing. She rocked the interview. She did fantastic. Of course they wanted her. Um, and so they're like, okay, when can you get here? Even though Panama was under similar pandemic restrictions, they're like, we want you yeah. here soon. And so we were already engaged. We didn't know when we could actually do an actual wedding. So we did a Zoom wedding. Uh, invited just some very, very close friends and family and got married over Zoom in the, uh, while we were in the backyard of an Airbnb in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I kind of grew up, where we were spending a little bit of time. So we got married so that I could go with her to Panama and be on the visa and healthcare and all those things um, and just speed up the timing. And all of that's pre-vaccine. We come to Panama um, pre-vaccine and uh, we get pregnant. Well, I, so I, got, I got to ask like, you're obviously, you know, you're traveling to Cincinnati because your family. That's a lot of travel in the pre-vaccine period. And I, I know everyone kind of had an, a level of acceptable risk, but like, 
what was like walk me through like those decisions to like i mean i guess a 400 square foot apartment <laughs> yeah i mean that decisions. was at the time we actually we thought it was because we didn't know again we didn't know so we felt like it was almost more dangerous to stay in new york one because we were yeah, going yeah. crazy in terms of a, such a small place you know i remember going out on the streets and everyone wearing masks and it being yeah. feeling very surreal like you know this is new york city like you don't typically see this type of thing. It's like every single person is wearing a mask, except for runners. I remember being upset with runners for some reason, being like, <laughs> runners, I they're guess. Breathing they're breathing more. Yeah. yeah, they're breathing. I was like, you should have the mask on even more. But we didn't know. And then also like grocery shopping was harder just because of the sheer number of people. And mm-hmm. not all the stores there had like grocery pickup, et cetera. And so we decided let's go to Ohio, let's get an Airbnb. So we didn't go to where my mom lived because we didn't want to pass this on to my mom. Yeah, you guys were down the street or something. from. Um, Yeah, so we got an Airbnb from someone that was renting it and we got a rental car. And I remember we were very careful about like, luckily like at gas stations, we didn't go into the store. We only took like food that we had brought and we would pay with credit card at the gas stations because we didn't know if we could go inside to places. And luckily we got an Airbnb that had like a back porch. So my mom would come over for dinner, but we would sit, you know, six feet apart out in open space, having a mask on, except for like when we're eating and chewing and all that kind of stuff. And so that's why we stayed in in Ohio for a while was because we're like, this feels safer. And also we can be outside. We can actually go to this park. We can (laughs) play tennis, just the two of us and see very few people aside from, you know, video calls. Yeah. You know, I remember my wife and I, we finally bought a house in fall of 2019 you had you come up here right for a brainstorming session on your business mm-hmm. and i just remember when we moved to the neighborhood one of my only regrets of our neighborhood is it's not walkable enough like a place the places we have lived in previous years even with our daughter and the, the whole neighborhood's not walkable but then the pandemic happens and we're like well we're in the suburbs and like everyone is walking on the streets all of a sudden <laughs> it's just like that's the only thing we can do i another like random thing so my wife has really bad allergies and i remember you know this was in the spring of 2020 and, you know, we're all wearing masks outside because we're all scared. We're not sure. But some people are like, oh, you do, do you need to wear a mask outside? And she was like, my allergies aren't as bad if I'm wearing my mask outside. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that checks out. But honey, you're an Asian woman wearing a mask in a very <laughs> vanilla neighborhood. Do you want to be doing that? Like what's, uh, there was like this real, because we were new to the neighborhood. People didn't mm-hmm. know us, right, at the time. Um, so, I mean, what's, when, so when I, I don't even remember like when I, got my first vaccine i remember like the weight coming off my shoulders but so were you in panama when when you got your vaccine or did you come back to the states to get it how, how did that work out we came back to the states so we were living in panama and so we moved to panama in october of 2020 and they had even more strict lockdowns than the u.s but we came on the tail end of them because at, at a period of time you could not leave your house like Men could leave their house on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then depending on the last digit of your passport number, you could either leave between, you know, if it's a one, then you can leave between, you know, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. If it's a two, it's 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then on Tuesday, Thursday or whatever, it's women have this basically hour or two hour long block, et cetera. And like, we weren't supposed to go anywhere. And so luckily that was lifting pretty much right as we were arriving. And the place that we have here is a a backyard and green area that we could go to, et cetera. And so it was still nerve wracking to be out and about. Again, we didn't know. I remember being pretty freaked out about the flight where we're like both wearing masks. We were like, okay, don't drink any water or eat any food on this five hour flight from one place to another. And we're going to wipe every single thing down that we can. And so we get to Panama and we get pregnant right away. Very, very fortunate to do that from a a family planning perspective. And then news of a vaccine potentially coming out. We're like, okay, are we going to be able to get it? How do you get it? Mm -hmm. What's going on with Panama? Like this was when there was like, okay, there's a lot of ramp up of production in certain countries, but not all countries. And that's when we're like, okay, we... We basically like, you know, went back to New York. We had to go back to New York anyway for some stuff to to close out with our apartment and lease and some other things. And so we're like, we're going to get the vaccine there. So we got it at Javits Center. I remember we intentionally Mm. scheduled our travel was like we went on the website because we still have a place, a connection to to that with some of my work, et cetera. And so we're like, okay, let's schedule things. When can we get it? Okay, based on that, now we're going to book flights. And we're going to stay there long enough for the mm-hmm. second shot to be able to get yeah. it and all that. And we went through the very, I was thoroughly impressed with the operation that they had at Javits, where it was like, 
oh no, this yeah. is, it feels safe. It feels comfortable. It's big. It's open kind of place to be to get this thing that we were basically on this wait list waiting for. Yeah. I mean, I remember like it, it was just the moment when the demand was so high, but the supply was so low. So talk about that moment. So you, you come to New York, your second shot. What did that trip back to Panama feel like once you were vaccinated? I mean, immediately, it we were still very nervous, even for a period of time, maybe more so than other people. But we felt it gave a certain level of, of confidence, of comfort, because, again, with my wife being immune compromised, like I'm and this is probably and wait, she, uh, and she's pregnant now at this point. Yeah. Right? So she's pregnant at this time. She's immune compromised um, with autoimmune disorder. And I don't know, in my head, it's probably because of all the privileges that I grew up with. I was always like, I'm healthy. I'm spry. Like, I would be OK. But we didn't know the, and my wife is incredibly healthy, healthier than I am, more athletic, et cetera. But we're like between pregnancy and this immune issue, we don't know like what is the risk if we get it. So as soon as we get the vaccine, we already feel more comfortable with this like, okay, this at least should remove worst case scenario, right? Because that was the thing is like, if we get COVID, I'm probably healthy enough um, that theoretically, of course, we don't know. It's different for every single person, but statistically, I'm probably going to be okay. We don't know the yeah, extent yeah. to what it would be with my wife. How, like, would she be hospitalized? Would it be worse? Right. And right. so the vaccine right away was like, okay, we still don't want to get it. We're still going to be super cautious. We're still going to do a bunch of things maybe and take longer than other people would. But we've at least removed that worst case scenario, which gives us a, some peace of mind and some comfort. So you're saying you did not go to a Van Halen concert when you got back to <laughs> We Panama. did not immediately go to a Van Halen concert. We did not immediately start just, you know, handshakes and stuff with strangers. I'll admit, the, I, I kind of wish hand, handshakes stayed away. Nothing to do with, like, because I'm going to get COVID from a handshake. I just don't like giving handshakes. So I kind of wish that was a thing that we kept post-pandemic that we're like, can we just be done with, can we just do head nods now? That'd be so much well, nicer. Well, okay. I have like, there's a spectrum, right? Like I can see you on handshakes. I'm a hugger. I don't mind hugs, especially mm -hmm. when I haven't seen someone for a while. And more lately, like we've recently had friends who I haven't seen for many years come like stay with us. Like my best friend in San Francisco, who my daughter speaks to on FaceTime, like all the time, like he's here. But the thing I'm glad that I hope we get rid of, and you tell me, Mr. Latin America in Europe, is the double kiss or the single kiss on the greeting i've never liked it like you know and i've accidentally headbutt people sometimes because i don't this is pre-pandemic like i think is europe and latin america are they done with the kissing or is the kissing back no it's it's back and that's the problem is similar to similar to you i'm i'm an engineer where it's like i don't know which countries it's one kiss i don't know which ones it's two kiss i don't know when right. like which side you're supposed to start with and all that kind of stuff right. so it, every single time it is awkward for me because people will come in for, I guess, what is a kiss. Also where both for travel, for work, and then also visiting my wife's family, as well as there's a very big kind of international family here, yeah. kind of where we live in Panama because of the UN and other international organizations. It's like, I never know the rules. And it always, I always think they're going for like a side hug or kind of a like full on <laughs> hug. And then they end up like coming to my cheek and it's all, we yeah, so that still exists, right? And so, I, I, yeah. I think what you have to do is like, as you see the approach, you start running and go for the chest bump. <laughs> because if you try to do the hug instead of the kiss, you're gonna get like kissed on the ear or something, you know, so. Yeah, so just go just, full yeah. on chest bump yeah. or fist bump. Like that's what I'm, I'm trying to do of like a little bit more. So you literally extend your hand and like show the fist. So they don't exactly. even try to do the hand. So they're like, wait, is this okay. person gonna try to punch me? I don't know. But I would say, I would, I would rather do a hug than a handshake but you can't do that like that can't be your first greeting with someone it's like hi you know we're getting ready to talk about this potential business opportunity can i give you a hug um, well this this like, is why see unlike you i don't want to interact with people that i don't know that i'm not willing to hug so i don't need to meet you then <laughs> <laughs> if i'm not willing to give you a hug do we really need to talk yeah we can do that over zoom if we're not uh -huh. huggers like <laughs> zoom's fine Zoom's fine maybe a podcast if we're if, if you're nice enough you know so I, i've actually wondered about that so you know we've now on our other podcast, we've done, again, almost 150 episodes. The, you know, you've got your humor talks. We've interacted virtually with a shit ton of people, right? Mm -hmm. And I, my, you know, we're talking about Ryan and I've, Sharon. You know, I've, I've only seen Sharon, wow, what's in person, I think, since this whole shebang started, the podcast, but also the pandemic. Um, Ryan and I have gotten together a couple of times because Sharon moved to the West Coast for a while. She's now back on the East Coast, but not in 
New York City. But I remember Ryan and I, after like the two years of quarantine comics together, we met up at the Botanical Gardens. And it was this, this like long, deep hug. And, and the same with you. I saw you at the Botanical Gardens, right? And it's like, not that necessarily like I miss you so much, Drew, even though we've gotten to know each other pretty well through all this work. But um, it's like, ah, I miss hugs. Like, and hugs, like, mm-hmm. I think there's more risk dispersed because it's not your hands. You know, when, when you shake someone's hands and you're going to go touch your face and all these things. So anyway. Yeah, that's Hugs exactly how I feel. And I've done the research, and the best is a fist bump. That's where statistically the least amount of germ transfer between fist bump, high five, and handshake. So I do try gotcha. to do a fist bump. Namaste, Namaste technically has the least. So it's an yeah. actual greeting. So. Exactly, yeah. And that's where, like, the, yeah, the stay away. That's where, like, I just wanted the head nod, like, the little kind of, like, mm. we can acknowledge that we're there. But you're right. Like, the hug does feel nice, especially after not having seen people for a while. And I think, yeah, you're going to breathe over the person's shoulder versus a hand, right. which you're then going to touch the eyes, etc. I started wearing, I mean, even now when I travel, I still wear a mask. And um, I got, I got LASIK years ago, one of the best decisions that I've ever made. But I also got, I got basically what is the equivalent of fashion glasses, and I'll wear them when mm-hmm. traveling. And oftentimes now when speaking, just because I know that's another way for not just whether it's COVID, but any form of like, um, virus, etc. It, it comes from touching from your face and touching your eyes or things kind of going into your eyes. So it's like now mask plus glasses for me feels a lot more, you know, comfortable as I'm moving around to not get, you know, the flu, to not get a cold, to not get a, you know, catch up a cough or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, you know, um, public places like the subway, the commuter train, large crowds, like I'll walk into a coffee shop or a restaurant to pick up my thing, depending on how crowded or not crowded but like stores i'll keep my mask on but uh, when i ride the subway it's still a little cold here in new york and to keep my bluetooth headphones in my ear i keep my like hat on top of my head over my ears and i've got my glasses and i've got my mask and i'm just like i was standing like by the subway door you know just to get out at the next stop and i caught a look in my reflection i was like i'm like covered every mm-hmm. everything on my face is completely covered it was yeah. kind of scary I mean, that's an underrated thing. I I keep my when I think especially having moved to Panama, my body is even more susceptible <laughs> to being cold because I'm also yeah. a frail person. You know this. Like, I'm, uh, you know, I joke that I was born 8.3 pounds and then stayed that way till I was 15 years old. Um, but like I'm skinny, so I'm, I feel like I'm always cold. And so like I often wear my mask when traveling. If it's even a little bit cold out, I'll, I'll wear it outside just because yeah. it keeps my face warm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Uh, one more math story really quick. So I uh, I keep my N95 in my back pocket, right? So like get off the subway, put it in my back pocket. And what I notice, and when I come home from the city, before I even hug my kids, like I go upstairs, take I call them my city jeans because, you know, I'm wearing them mm-hmm. in the city. I'm sitting on the subway, whatever, whatever. And um, <laughs> something I noticed after a while is even though my mask is on me in the subway, I'm sitting on the subway, but the rest of the day, like at work, uh, you know, walking around the city uh, with my mask off, my mask is in that same back pocket that was sitting on the subway. And I noticed, because I, I now I use the same mask for like two or three days because it's just a couple subway rides. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed my mask starts to smell like weed now. <laughs> I'm like, that's really weird. So, so this is what I smell like. Huh. And now a word from our sponsor, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Wait, does HHS have a sweet new offer on artisanal, sustainable, postmodern furniture? Uh, no. Um, okay. Then I bet our pals at HHS are totally launching a brand new true crime unscripted documentary podcast where the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services solves mysteries with some sweet kung fu action and hip Bollywood moves. I would totally subscribe to that podcast and give it five stars. Uh, Well, Ruben, I give up. Tell me, what's the latest from our friends at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services? Well, Sharon, modern minorities in HHS have teamed up again to remind you, our super savvy, good-humored, ever-humble, and always sharply dressed listeners, to make time for your health so you don't lose time for the things you love. That sounds almost too good to be true. Now you have to tell me how such a previously undreamt of thing is possible. What if I told you that there's no better way to do that than getting your updated COVID vaccine? I'd say you're a podcast host who has really good taste in sponsors. (laughs) You speak the truth. (laughs) That's right, dear listeners. We want to let you know that an updated COVID vaccine restores protection that has decreased over time, including protection against severe illness, hospitalization, and the worst effects of COVID. 
If your latest COVID vaccine or booster was before September 2022, it's definitely time for an updated vaccine. Yeah, I mean, spring has started. You can't be relying on last year's fashions. Are you saying that getting the updated COVID vaccines keeps you up to speed with the latest and greatest things like all the cool kids? You heard it here first. It's the must-have item of the spring, your latest updated COVID vaccines. Remen speaks the truth. Just think, with the latest COVID vaccines, imagine all the things we can get out there and do with confidence. Like outdoor taco truck parties in the parking lot of a blockbuster video? See, si, senor. Like pop-up Hollywood dance flash mobs in the town square? Not to, not to. Like dim sum making assembly lines at your auntie's walk-up apartment in Chinatown? Ni hao. Yummy. Like steampunk sci-fi cosplay at your local library? Okay. That's a bit too far. What would your kids think? Uh, that their dad is the coolest guy ever? No. Your kids are clearly not teenagers yet. All right, that's fair. But for reals, y'all, with the latest COVID vaccines, we can get back out there and do all the fun stuff we've come to look forward to and expect from the spring. COVID is still serious stuff, so we've all got to do everything we can to keep ourselves and the people we love safe. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, who we are big fans of. And now, back to our show. So what's different now? Like, I mean, we, we alluded to this earlier. You're you're back. Is everything back for you? Are you at that expected what was t- supposed to be 2020? Like you're doing a lot of like you were telling me the other day you went to Portland just for a video shoot. Like how has yeah. that happened? And you're taking your family with you, like your young daughter. That's crazy. Yeah, our family. Yeah, we're traveling quite a bit cuz my my wife also travels quite a bit for her work and our decision was we want to do as much as we can as a family. Maybe we're doing it partially because we're we're taking advantage of the under 2 rule where we can just have an infant yeah. in lap as opposed to pay for a seat for or something like that. So my daughter who is 20 months old has been to eight countries now, which it took me, you know, till I was 20 something before I got to my first one um a first other country and so yeah we are traveling a bit more partially at a function of of need for what it is that we do and it's not back from a business perspective it's not back to what it was you know 2019 2020 just from a pure momentum perspective but that's also been very intentional on my side of cuz 2019 I wasn't even engaged yet and mm-hmm. so I was constantly on the go, et cetera. And then, like I said, my wife travels a lot for her work. So even 2020, we're like, yeah, we're going to both go to all these different places. We'll meet mm-hmm. up in different places. We were comfortable with this idea of like, no, there's going to be extended periods where we're apart. Whereas now with a little one, we're like, oh, no, I don't want to be on the road like I used to be. I don't want to go from gig to gig to gig to gig and be gone for three Away from your family. Right. Yeah, because I don't want to be yeah. away from family. And so now we're intentional of like either short trips for me, you know, up to Portland for a video shoot or out to Brussels for a quick event. Or more often what we're trying to do is like, okay, can we turn this into a little bit of a family trip? Can we see some places together? Can I join Sabrina for some things? And that bleeds into a thing that I need to go to, et cetera. And so, yeah, the amount of travel has certainly increased again, not to the levels that it was, but certainly to much more. And the other difference is that we're still doing a lot of virtual because that was a change for me is, you know, as of mid-March of 2020, we went virtual. So we started doing virtual jobs, virtual coaching, Mm -hmm. virtual keynotes, virtual improv sessions. Everyone became more open to it, more accepting to it. Yeah. People like it was a thing kind of to do. And like we launched starting in April of 2020, April is National Humor Month. And so we started doing like daily and weekly challenges and stuff like that more in an online space. And what we discovered is one, there's a lot that we can do virtually. Two, we can access more people than we would otherwise. Like I've been fortunate enough to speak in 33 countries at this point, but from a virtual perspective, we've had people join from probably 120 different countries. So places that I wouldn't necessarily get to, or people wouldn't necessarily have the means to to see because of the organization they work for or whatever, they can get access to this really, what we think is valuable, you know, kind of humor content in terms of enjoying your work yeah. more. And so we're holding on to if that anything, well. If anything, could op- it could open up more doors into those countries. Now, exactly. Like that in trial. Yeah. yeah, that it might be like, oh, this went really well. Maybe we come in for, you did a virtual thing. Now what about an in-person thing? And so, and we're keeping that with a lot of groups we're seeing, you know, a keynote is just one part of a change. It creates awareness, creates permission, gets people really excited. They laugh a lot, but you know, you're done with the keynote after the end of an offsite or an association event. You go back to your desk on Monday morning and you're like, what was that thing? What can I start to do? How do I actually implement this change? How can I truly incorporate humor? So we're doing more follow-up that is virtual, whether that is asynchronous that people can kind of go at their own pace or a lot of times like, all right, we'll do a three-month virtual training session over Zoom or Teams 
a few months later to help it stick, to go into the deeper dive skill of it. And so that's reduced a little bit the amount of travel because we're saying, wait, I, I don't need to hop on a plane for this particular thing. It's actually probably better in a virtual environment. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I kind of see the change in your work kind of twofold. The vaccine itself, I would venture to say that it made you being vaccinated and knowing more of the audiences, there's a high degree of certainty that a majority of the people that you're fist bumping with are are vaccinated. Mm -hmm. It's made you more comfortable to get back out there, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But the pandemic norms, which kind of accelerated things, has opened up new avenues for kind of how to do your work, how to present to people. And if anything, all of that together has kind of made you much more intentional. Because the thing I love and the thing I'm so jealous of, like, you know, so much of my travel was done solo or my wife and I together, you know, pre-kids, and we've kind of completely shut travel down because, man, I can do a 20-hour flight with someone else's screaming baby if I have headphones and a book. But a two-hour flight to Atlanta with my own kid, it's like the (laughs) longest flight in the world. But this idea of taking your family with you so you can go do the gig in Belgium and then still come, quote unquote, home and have dinner, as the song says, home is wherever I'm with you. I love that you can do that. Would you, do you think you would do that if if vaccines weren't so prevalent? Like, would you just kind of just go do the one and done by yourself in Belgium? Or would you? Oh, no, I mean, not if, if, I don't even know if I would go if they weren't more prevalent. And if, and this is why, like at the beginning, the first places that I felt comfortable saying yes to was actually Europe. I was more likely to go to a, a European gig than I was even kind of with the US in terms of, okay, what are the numbers at? Where are we at? That kind of thing. Like, yeah. okay, let's get the distribution out, et cetera. And so, yeah, no, it's for sure the vaccinations that help us feel more comfortable in terms of, yeah, that is not a safety issue, right? Because that, that was the fear that I had also of even why we sat six feet apart in the backyard in Ohio was my fear was like, in general, like, okay, I think I would be okay, but what if I pass this on to my mom? Or at this point, what if I pass this on to my daughter as well is, is a huge fear. And we want to make sure that we're not putting people at risk. And so vaccines change that because we've, to be perfectly honest, have gotten COVID more times than we actually even truly realize. But <laughs> we, we feel like we haven't been as hard hit because our bodies are like, they're prepared to, to kind of fight it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, why you get the flu vaccine or why we're Mm -hmm. vaccinated as kids from the measles and the mumps and all these other things. So I want to ask another question. Right before we started recording, we were comparing notes on breakfast. That's my favorite question to ask during soundcheck. So, you know, my wife and I are like finally back out and about going to restaurants. Like we went to this really good Asian noodle place the other day, you know, relatively full, but we're unmasked, we're eating, we're slurping noodles. And it was awesome. And you know, we don't need to go out to eat that much. We're happy to get takeout because just going out to eat with kids is two kids is hard, not impossible, but we're more selective about it. But I mean, we kind of know everything around us. There's nothing, I hate to say it, that exciting near where we are mm-hmm. to eat because we've eaten everything. We know all the dishes and we can make half the dishes. But you guys, like, oh my God, you were telling me about like your breakfast. Like you had a polla empanada for breakfast. Like, mm-hmm. I, so are you guys like going out and about to restaurants and stuff? We are, and it took a little while for us to get there. The vaccine certainly changed and made that a little bit better. The other thing is that we discovered during the pandemic, kind of before that, our love for eating outside, not like randomly in a tree or whatever, but like, you know, terraces and porches and things like that. And luckily in Panama, because of the weather um, and always being warm, there's a ton of places here that have outdoor seating. And it's like, oh, there's, there's something nice where you can eat and there's like a nice breeze coming in or where you can kind of see nature and greenery and stuff like that. So we we still pick up on some of that. But yeah, no, we feel a lot more comfortable with being indoors, of being able to eat, of even just going, even like shopping has changed for us, where it's like, you know, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, and then even later to it, when like masks and stuff like that, we'd still be like, okay, when is the least crowded time for us to go to the, the grocery store? When is this place going to be the least crowded? Now it's much more about, okay, what schedule works? And you know, we're still yeah, intentional yeah. where it's like if we have the option at a at a restaurant between two tables and one is close to a bunch of people and one's a little bit further away, yeah, we pick a little bit the further away. But to be perfectly honest, that might just be more the introvert in me than anything else where it's like, <laughs> I don't need to be next to a ton of people. We can enjoy this. That and also us recognizing with a little one, she makes a little bit more of a mess. I also make a mess when I eat <laughs> as well. And it's just going to be more comfortable for her to be able to move around a little bit if, if there's yeah, not a ton yeah, of people yeah. around. But no, it's, it's certainly made things a lot more comfortable. And we've, we've had delicious food. I mean, we were just back in New York 
not too long ago. And it was amazing to be able to go and enjoy some of the staples that we really enjoyed while we were in the East Village. You know, it's funny. Um, so for my for the startup that I work at on the executive team, we have like a monthly meetup, uh, kind of like where we kind of go out for drinks and dinner, but we have this place in Soho that has outdoor seating. And New York City has just completely come alive with outdoor seating, with tables, with heat lamps and everything. And so we go to our usual table where we have like burgers and pitas. Literally, the burgers are served in pitas and beer. And the waiter's like, you know, man, outdoor seating in New York has created an increase in rats in the city. (laughs) um, Because, you know, food falls on the floor, Mm -hmm. right? And just like, it's just kind of a funny thing. But I I totally feel you on the... um, we use Wait, was Google that the Maps server the telling you or was that, a, was that a random person? No, this was a server like complaining <laughs> about rats. Not, it's not that rats are a problem in his restaurant. It's oh, rats okay. outside are a problem because of all the outdoor dining. I thought he was preparing dining. you for like, if you see a ratatouille situation kind of going on over here, it's simply because <laughs> you're, you're choosing to eat outside. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay, so it's one thing to have like a team happy hour though. But like, you know, in my company, we're doing events here and there like you know we're speaking at on stage and you know we've got the booth and we're going to be doing some stuff in france soon for can but like what about you i mean for me events are an occasional thing that we do we do have an event activation plan like as a marketer for a tech startup but for you events is your jam it's your thing you're the event people are going to so you have more events than i do how does that work now Yeah, I mean, if I'm working on site, it is at an event with a bunch of people who are often traveling in from different places as well. And the vaccine for me absolutely changed the level of comfort, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, like that I'm even willing to go and do them now. Um, Like I remember still being a little bit like, oh, the first time that I've done these. And, And I missed them. I didn't realize how much I missed them because I absolutely love doing virtual. And we had to for a period of time. But then even now, I still love doing virtual. But I had gotten so used to virtual, and then I did that first in-person event again, and it's like, oh, they're, like that in-person laughter is amazing. It's like, oh, that is this is what that energy feels like. This is how you can kind of feed off of the audience and the kind of the back and forth and things like that. So for me, having the vaccines, and then that's the big reason also for continued boosters is the safety of the family, but also to be like, no, I am putting myself in position where there are, you know, risks of any type of thing that I might get. And so this helps me feel more comfortable with being able to do that. And I am more, much more conscious just from an overall health perspective than I used to. In very mm. crowded, close cornered places, I do wear a mask. And then when I get up and speak, I'll take it off. Or if I'm going into a stand-up comedy club, I'll probably wear a mask before getting up on stage. I am washing my hands a lot more, but those are honestly things I probably should have been doing anyway. And uh, it is helping. Like, I feel like I'm getting sick a lot less and I'm just more conscious of like, okay, I've shaken a bunch of hands now. I'm going to go into the restroom and, and wash my hands real quick before I start eating this cookie that's at the dessert table. And So what you're uh, saying is you don't have humor that works branded hand sanitizer or masks. No, I absolutely should. I do have an orange mask that I often wear um, or a set of orange masks that fit a little bit the branding. But that's a good you idea. You should like, like just sanitizer. do like a really big smile, a big smile on top yeah. of the mask. That wouldn't be creepy at all. So. Yeah, I want to, I, maybe I should get a, a very fun scented hand sanitizer. So like when I actually use it, it just then smells like milkshakes following me around. <laughs> it's like, why do I like hanging out with this guy? Uh-huh, why do I? About him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Drew, this might be a sponsored episode to promote vaccine awareness, but I think by now our listeners get that we genuinely care about this cause. But, you know, we can't talk forever. So I think you're ready for a very special speed round. What do you think? Uh, I think I can. I think I I am feeling healthy and strong and secure, possibly because of the vaccine, possibly because of the protein bar that I had right before we started shooting this. So I feel ready to go. So, Drew, what's one thing about you that you did not expect from your work in the last three years? For sure, the impact that I could have at a virtual component, like by us doing some of this virtual stuff, I've gotten messages from people from countries, to be perfectly honest, I didn't quite know were countries. Um, Name one. Come on. Give give me one. (laughs) Uh, So I recently actually went and spoke in Suriname, like both in terms of some virtual stuff. And then like, I didn't know Suriname was a place. (laughs) which is terrible in terms of my geography. I had like, and I went there, incredibly beautiful place north of Brazil, if people don't know, on the South American continent. 
beautiful place, former Dutch colony, population of about 600,000 people. So it's like groups like that that I didn't necessarily know or individual cities or small towns. And, you know, I recently had a high school student from a small town in India reach out and be like, you know, I saw your TEDx talk and started following some of the stuff that you've done. And it's given me a lot more kind of comfort and confidence in terms of me wanting to use humor. And it's like, that's such a cool thing that I hadn't really thought of before. And it's been a really cool impact that I think I want to continue. That's part of the reason why we're doing a lot in a virtual space, because we want to to improve it. That's awesome. Can you recommend a book or a movie that's helped you get through the last few years? We've been watching a ton of stand-up comedy. And so there's some amazing stand-up specials out there. Um, a most recent that I really enjoyed, I would say, is Nate Bergazzi's. He's got an Amazon Prime special. So st- strongly recommend that special. It's, it's very, very good. Nice. What about a book or a movie that can explain the importance of humor at work? But don't say The Office. <laughs> um office space then the movie for you? No. <laughs> um, i mean obviously our book would be a shameless plug for that so humor that works or there's actually there's a great book called humor seriously that was written by two stanford professors that does a fantastic job of making the case from an academic perspective and the research perspective of the value of, of humor in the workplace and it's based on the work that they've been teaching around humor in the workplace in the business school there okay so now that we can travel more confidently because of our vaccines, and honestly, you're already going places with the family, what's one place you want to go back to for work with your family? Well, every single time we go to Cincinnati, we go back to specifically Grater's Ice Cream. Um, so that's always on the list in terms of places that one? I want to I go park? to. Um, we go to, so I grew up in Mason, so a lot of times we're out in that area, so we go to the one in Mason. But whichever one is closest, anyone, I'm fine to go to any, even the one in the airport. But in terms of other places that we want to go back to, would really love to go back to Vienna. My wife and I had an incredible time in Vienna pre-pandemic when we're doing a little European tour and I got introduced to the amazing cakes and stuff there. And so would love to take our daughter to Vienna. Well, your daughter speaks three languages, so she'd probably say Wien. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh. So what's your favorite mom dish that you and your wife started making during the pandemic? Uh, Well, my wife is the far better cook of the two, and she started making this salmon pasta dish that was just very, very good. Because I I used to, uh, growing up in Ohio, I never liked seafood um, or Mm. fish, and my wife was kind of determined. It's always been a big part of her diet, so she's very determined to find ways for me to like it. So she started with swordfish, which was a great way to start, and then this salmon pasta dish where... It, it's salmon, pasta, uh, pesto-based cream, and some red pepper. And it's like for, it was the first dish in my life where I requested fish. Where I was like, can you make a fi- that fish dish? Uh, never once had those words ever come out of my mouth before. That's amazing. So who is someone out there that you've had the best COVID or vaccine-related conversation with? I would say one of the most impactful was the conversation that I had with my mom right when kind of vaccines were coming out, because as I think we all were, we're like, what is this and how, what's going on and all that. And so I did a tremendous amount of research and reading with the CDC and other places and stuff like that. And and also all of our friends who are doctors and the people that we know and the people that my wife is connected to, et cetera, like it was impactful because after the conversation, she's like, okay, I feel more comfortable about this. This is the thing that I'm going to do for, for my own protection and for her grandchildren, et cetera. You know, it's interesting. I think years from now, we're all going to have like, kind of like what we just did today. I, I guarantee like all of our listeners kind of have related pandemic stories. The first time you went back out, the first thing you did is it's just so interesting to think about. Like we, Again, it was like a, it's been a really kind of weird couple of years, but it's this collective thing that we all experience somehow. And there's so many similarities in how we experience this thing that generations had not experienced collectively. It's, it just still blows my mind. Yeah, it's it was a shared experience for every person kind of on the the planet, and we still even have those stories. I mean, it's in some ways the the stereotypical kind of small talk conversation of like, you know, how was your pandemic? What did you do? What did you learn? What did you not do? Like, <laughs> I think that's the other thing is some people are like, you know, everyone was trying to learn skills. I was just getting through it, which I think is also a completely you know acceptable answer as well. Like, you didn't have to turn it into necessarily something special, but 
yeah, we all had this experience. And I think you for, started a podcast with your friend, Drew. That's what that's I was going to lead did. into. It, it's not that, you know, my wife and I, we got married in a virtual kind of ceremony that will live on forever for us in terms of how we exchange our vows. It's for sure the podcast that we started. I'm just saying there's only one of those Zoom recordings and you can go download and stream and subscribe to 150 episodes of Drew and Roman talking <laughs> and getting learnings from leaders. All right. More seriously, though, Drew, to kind of close it out, what does being vaccinated mean for a now honorary modern minority like you? Well, I appreciate the uh, the designation um, for the uh, honor uh, modern minority. And it, probationary, it, probationary, probationary. Yeah, probationary. And it means a return to the life that I was working really hard to build pre-pandemic and a level of comfort and security that there's a chance to go and do the thing that I love that I'm very passionate to do and do it in a safe way. That's awesome, Drew. Well, I'm glad I would argue not just because of this podcast, but because of the nature of the conversations we've gotten to have together or critiquing of each other <laughs> as <laughs> podcast goes. Uh, it's just been one of the perks of the last few years. So I, I hope we get to have you back on this show sooner versus later. Yeah, I would I would love to, uh, if I can maintain that probationary status, would love to be back. Absolutely. I mean, consider yourself drafted into the modern minorities family. We did it. We did it. <laughs> and thanks to this episode's sponsor, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. As we kick off the spring and get back out there to catch up with friends and family, we want to encourage you to make time for your health so you don't lose time for the things you love. An updated COVID vaccine restores protection that has decreased over time, including protection against severe illness, hospitalization, and the worst effects of COVID. If your last COVID vaccine or booster was before September 2022, it's time for an updated vaccine. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Stay safe out there. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Please subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Now more than ever, people need to be hearing these stories. Please share our show with a friend or three. Want to learn more or got something to share? Visit modmypod.com or email us, hi mom, at modmypod.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at modminpod. We'd love to hear from you. That's it for now. I've been Roman Segel. And I'm still Sharon Lee Tony. Remember, we're all modern minorities out there. We'll talk to you soon. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.